Welcome to The Dog Show, a podcast for dog mums and dads who like to spoil their pups and care for their well-being. I'm your host, Will Blunt, and every week I interview global experts about dog health, nutrition, behaviour, trends, and much more. Let's sink our teeth into this week's episode. This episode of The Dog Show features Michelle Lennon. Michelle is the founder of the online community, How to Train a Dream Dog, and the 30 Days to Puppy Perfection training program. Her one-of-a-kind training methods will help you build a rock-solid relationship with your puppy that will last forever. In the interview, we talk about the top things new puppy owners need to be aware of, some common mistakes that new owners make, and how to handle the first six months of your new dog's life. You can get Michelle's free puppy starter kit from the show notes. Michelle, welcome to the dog show today. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Will. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on. I know we're on different sides of the planet at the moment, but um, the internet's an amazing thing. So we get to chat about dogs together, which is nice. <laughs> yes. I feel like it's one of those topics that you can talk about anywhere. Just if you have a dog, next thing you know, you're spending hours talking about your puppy and how they've grown and what tricks you've taught them and all sorts of fun things. Yeah, absolutely. I love talking about dogs with anyone and anyone that will listen to me. So I'm sure I'm sure we'll get along really well. Um, speaking of dogs, I'd like to hear more about your dogs. So you have three dogs at the moment, Harper, Pickles and Wesley. Do you want to tell me about them? <laughs> yes, definitely. Harper, Pickles and Pickles McPorkchop is actually, is that is, that's his full name. Okay. Uh, so Harper is our Great Dane. She is seven years old. Uh, Pickles McPorkchop is a King Cavalier, uh, King Charles Cavalier. And Wesley is our standard poodle. So Pickles is two and Wesley is about a year and a half, somewhere in there. And they get along beautifully. They Harper is like the mama dog. She's mm. the oldest and she takes care of everybody and puts everybody in their place. And anytime we've had uh, board and train dogs over, she's definitely the, the mama. She takes care of everybody and trains everybody. So it really, it's like the, it's kind of like if there's puppies playing and they're getting a little too rough. She's the puppy police. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, the other two are just goofballs. They're just banana crazy goofballs. <laughs> so when and like what was the journey of you getting these three different dogs? Did you get them from, you know, rescues? Did you get them from a breeder or kind of what was what was that like? Yeah. So actually all three of them came from a breeder. I had previously had uh, rescue dogs. Um, I've honestly, I've had about 25 over the course of my career as a trainer. Some of them have been, you know, just dogs that owners surrendered for health reasons. Others just came through because they, they couldn't get placed in homes. They were a little too rough around the edges. And then we had just been looking at, I'm kind of a big dog person. I love big dogs. So we looked at the Great Dane and, you know, I loved the temperament of those dogs. So uh, Harper came into our life. And then Pickles came through because I had been working with another client on a commercial shoot and they had a Cavalier. And I just, you know, the breed is a great breed. It's one of those breeds that, you know, great family companion dogs easy going, easy to train. And this one little guy, oh my goodness, he was the best. And he did so well during the shoot. I was like, oh, I think I would love to have a Cavalier. So that's how he came into the picture. And then Wesley, uh, he was, 
you know how sometimes parents go, well, we had an oops baby. Wesley, I feel like was, if, if we had to say he was the oops baby, we never intended to get uh, another, a third dog, you know, two is, two is a lot, right? But I had seen a temperament test uh, through a veterinarian that does behavior, you know, you know, she just does all sorts of behavior testing and things like that. She's also a trainer. And this little guy rocked it on his temperament test. He was the best of the 11 puppies. And I had really been working towards trying to get one of my dogs into therapy dog. And <laughs> Harper definitely, she's got a little nervous side to her. So sometimes she has uh, some whoosh that I think would scare some senior citizens if I brought her into a nursing home. <laughs> and Pickles is just, again, just so wild. He's just all over the place at any given moment. He's, he's great at training. He loves to play the training games. But I was like, oh, maybe standard poodle. And he did really well. He, he seemed bomb proof on his temperament test. And so we made the trek out to Ohio, uh, which was probably about a five hour drive for us. And um, we were just looking, you know, we were yeah. just looking. <laughs> <laughs> that's always, course, that's always the why, but then you come home with a dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, we, we happened to bring the crate just in case. And <laughs> yeah. we brought, uh, you know, food just in case. <laughs> and sure enough, he was just right. So we brought him home and. I think as yeah, soon, as, soon as you get in the car with the crate, you're coming home with the dog, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My significant other, Nate, he was totally, uh, yeah, he was like, are, are you sure we're, we're bringing home a dog, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. we're going all the way out there not to bring one home. <laughs> so the good thing, he's very understanding. <laughs> yeah. I like the little clan you got there because you got kind of a mixture of sizes and breeds and I'm sure all the personalities are, are different as well. How, how did they get along, I guess, because Harper probably would have, you know, ruled the roost, I guess, in, in, in the house. How did they get along when they, you know, when they were first getting used to each other? They honestly, same thing. It was really well. I mean, they're such nicely tempered dogs. We didn't have any issues. Everybody just blended in so easy right from the start. You know, being that, you know, I always have this trainer mind, when any when any new puppy comes in the home, we're kind of already start starting the training games right on day one. So everybody knew, you know, at least who was here. So when Wesley came, Pickles and Harper already knew what the routine was. They already knew we were going to be working on impulse control and we were going to be working on leave it. And we were going to be, you know, doing doing all those things. So, yeah, they're just it, it helped that they were really nicely tempered dogs to begin with. And it does help that I obviously know how to train trainer, them. Yeah. <laughs> and we have a great space for them you know we have a beautiful big yard that they can run around and play in and get their exercise and things like that so yeah I feel like it was a pretty easy transition for all of them the one that wasn't was probably my first dog way back that kind of started it all so I can I can talk about him if you want he was really naughty <laughs> you're talking about is that bear the yeah. cho chocolate labrador yeah Oh my goodness. Yeah. He was the naughtiest dog ever. <laughs> and he really, honestly, he was the one that got me into, you know, into becoming a dog trainer. When he was a puppy, he ate, uh, he ate the curtains off the walls. He went through two couches. He was in his crate and moved the crate somehow to the center of the room, kicked the tray out, ate a big hole in the middle of the carpet, in the middle of the room. And then the, the thing that kind of just, oh man, he, he was in the garage. We thought we could, you know, trust him a little bit. He found his way to the garage. He knocked three gallon-sized paint cans off the wall, and one of them actually happened to be uh, red, red paint. Oh, so my. when we came home, we were like, 
oh my goodness, what happened? We thought somebody, you know, somebody had been murdered. Yeah. That's how bad it looked. <laughs> and then out came Bear, all happy as a clam, pouncing around with red paint all over him. Just, <laughs> oh my goodness. It was, it was crazy. So we, we thought, okay, we got to do something about this dog. And again, this is before I, you know, before I knew about, knew how to, how to train dogs. Mm. We enrolled in a class. And I was just amazed at all the things that I could do to get this dog to behave. Who knew, right? Who knew you could actually get the dog to follow the commands and have some control over their excitement and not pull you down the street. And once I I realized, you know, kind of like how the dog's brain works, I felt like it it was a light bulb for me too, because I fell in love with the behavior science behind it. I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. And at the time, the trainer that we had used actually used old school compulsion methods, which I don't use. You know, I, I use, I'm a positive reinforcement, you know, trainer. I, I want to reward my dogs for good. I want to teach them if they're doing something wrong, I want to teach them to do the right thing. And So even though the methods that I learned way back then, what ideal, I didn't really love them. I just loved the science behind it. And I said, okay, well, I want to get into this. I want to, I want to start, I want to learn more about this. It's just one of those things that once you, you get a little taste of it, you almost get, you just get hungry for more. And that's, that's what uh, propelled me into, into becoming a dog trainer. So, yeah, I mean, I, I studied, under some amazing mentors and I got my diploma and I opened up my first business and it's amazing how far over the 20 years, like things have changed, you know, in the beginning, I was probably, I think, trying to use what I had learned in that group class at that time that I was training bear. And then through seminars and through, you know, just continued education, which I absolutely love to learn. I'm like, a, I'm one of those, I probably would have been, you know, a, a college uh, student forever. That would have been a career. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a career. Yeah. I just love to learn new things. And so, yeah, just, just being able to, to go to all these different seminars and learn all these different techniques and, and be able to teach them to my own students has been really amazing. So they've, I feel like it's just, uh, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> I can't even, can't even describe it any other way. It's a great journey to share with everyone because, I mean, you're, you've kind of gone through those challenges yourself as well, which is what's taking you down the path of wanting to become a trainer. And I'm sure a lot of people can resonate with that. Yeah, I do use Bear as, as my story often when I'm talking to people who are struggling. You know, that's most new puppy owners that I think they get a little, little shell-shocked, a little surprised when they bring a new puppy home and it's not all uh, sunshine and rainbows it might be for, for the first day or two. And then all of a sudden they get what, what I like to call the puppy blues. They're a little overwhelmed and a little frustrated and they're not quite sure what they should be doing. And I, I use the time that I got to spend with bear, you know, raising him. And, and I talk about that kind of weaving, we've woven throughout all of what I teach just because I was in their shoes. I didn't know I was overwhelmed. My dog was super naughty I used to label him stubborn. Now I don't, I teach my students, we don't use the word stubborn because it's all about the training. You know, if your puppy doesn't know how to do something, it's probably because you didn't teach him how to do it. So, and we talk about that a lot in, you know, in the, in the courses that I offer. So. And I think it's so important those, the formative years as a puppy to, in terms of training them in the right way. Cause as you said, and I, I know with our dog, there's things that 
we didn't teach her to do properly when we, when she was younger and now now we're kind of dealing with that as she gets older so it's much harder i think once they get older to to break those habits than than teaching them at the right time right yeah you know i always tell people look at your puppy and and imagine them as an adult dog what do you want them to do and what don't you want them to do because what where they are right now that's what we need to focus on and and work through you know you you have to train the dog that's in front of you not the dog you want so you have to think about those things though what do i want okay let's focus on my little puppy right now that doesn't understand words you know doesn't understand commands right now when you first bring them home those are all things that need to be taught to them and so just having like a plan of what you know okay i don't really want my dog to jump on people and i don't really want my dog to chew up all the furniture or you know, if I leave the house, I don't want my dog to chew on the electrical cords and get zapped, which that happens. So what do, you know, teaching them now what to do so that those things don't happen later is so important. What, what are the top things that, you know, a new puppy, puppy owner that hasn't had a dog before, what, what should they be aware of when they're bringing a new puppy home? I would say time and the commitment it takes. It takes a lot of time and a lot of commitment to raise a puppy. And as a matter of fact, we actually, we polled our, our group, our, we have a Facebook group. It's got about 10,000 in it. And recently we polled them to find out like, what was the, the top thing that you were shocked about, you know, shocked with or shocked about when you brought home your puppy. And that was it time and commitment. And the second poll, poll answer, the top second, whatever answer there was, they are just like a baby. They're yeah. literally just like a baby in the home. And if, if people think that it's kind of like bringing a gerbil home and you can leave them in the, the cage and then periodically bring them out and play with them and then put them away, puppies aren't like that at all. They're, they're so social. They need to be near us. They need exercise. They need enrichment. You know, ment- mental exercise and physical exercise are huge and they, they help curb a lot of those unwanted behaviors. So I personally remember the potty training being the biggest challenge, like initially, um, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for that as, as a new puppy owner, when I first got my dog, I think that was the biggest shock. All those things you mentioned in terms of like, yeah, then, you know, needing to train them and take them out and give them activity and attention, all that kind of stuff. I think I was prepared for, um, cause I'd had dogs in the past, but I wasn't quite ready for how much discipline you needed to, to get them doing the, like going to the toilet in the right area, basically. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that one, so potty training and biting. And then even the crate training, those are like the top three things that people, uh, new puppy owners will say, how do I stop the accidents in the house? Or how do I stop all the biting? And why is my puppy screaming in the crate? And, you know, in the, in the United States here, we, you know, use the crate a lot. I know a lot of other places around the world don't all use the crate. We, you know, we're, I love the crate. I think it's a great place to keep your puppy when you can't watch them. For downtime, you know, I call it nap time and bedtime. That's the best place for them to be. I always teach my students to use a puppy pen as well for, for playtime so that they can move around and stretch and usually doing some sort of canine enrichment in there. But yeah, potty training, that is uh, number one. Like, I think that puppy owners struggle because they may think that it should go a lot faster than it does. And I always tell them, the puppy's brain and the bladder aren't really fully connected for quite some time. You know, they're, it's, they're growing and developing and they're growing and developing at a very rapid rate. So for a new puppy owner to expect their puppy to be potty trained within a week or so is very much setting the bar a little too high. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it could, any, it could be a couple of weeks, it could be a couple months. And, 
helping them understand that and teaching them what to do to actually help the process go a lot faster is, is what we, what we do. We actually have a little, little lesson on that in our, in our new puppy starter kit. It's a whole potty training lesson. So what are the most important skills and behaviors that a new puppy owner should be focusing on? Like as soon as they get through the door, kind of when they brought, just brought the puppy home, what, what are those first you know couple of weeks looking like? Yeah. I mean, you, you already said potty training, right? That's yeah. yeah. That, or at least well, just because you don't want to be cleaning it up all the time as well. Right. Right. Oh, another accident. Yeah. Oh, another accident. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we got to get the potty training down. Honestly, relationship building, like, so the puppy can trust their owner and eventually so that their owner can trust their puppy. So you know, we do play a lot of what I like to call training games to help build the relationship. And those games include things like working on impulse control, teaching a puppy to think before they react, leash skills. You know, as soon as you put a leash and collar on a brand new puppy, they tend to like extra scratch and pull and bite on the leash. And, you know, then it makes picking them out to go potty really hard. So working on leash skills, um, working on getting them to just tune in you know, they, the puppy gets so overwhelmed with all the stimuli outside. And then most puppy owners will go, oh, my puppy's so stubborn. All they want to do is eat the grass. They don't want to pay attention to me. They just lay down and become a, what I like to call a pancake. They just pancake. And I always try to say, it's like a brand new world out there for them. There's so much stimuli, so many things, birds and squirrels and cars and sounds and smells they've never experienced before. And it all is very overwhelming for them. And, and for most puppies, when they get that overwhelmed, they can't focus on any verbal cues that they may not know yet because you haven't taught them. They might not even be able to focus on their, on their owner and their human because they're just so overwhelmed. And then when you bring them back inside and you start you know, working on things with them, they can become more focused. We talk about, you know, we talk about this training dial. It's this imaginary dial, but it goes from zero to a hundred. And if we crank the training dial up too quickly, our puppies, they're not going to be able to handle and grasp everything. And so through the training process, you know, whatever games we're teaching, uh, whether it's our basic obedience, like sit down, stay and come or leave it. It's like, you know, more like the impulse control or our meet and greets. That stuff all has to be done slowly and gradually. So I think that, you know, as far as what new skills to teach a puppy owner, I mean, we outlined it. We kind of came up with this. All right, these are the things you should be working on first. And most of them focus on getting the puppy to focus on their human name game. We play a couple bump it games to, to get our puppies used to putting a collar and a leash on. Uh, we work on, of course, potty training. We work on bell training too, teaching our puppies to signal when they need to go potty outside. And so there's a little lesson inside that new puppy starter kit I mentioned a moment ago that'll actually teach people how to do that. So there's a little lesson on that. I think one thing that might be a new concept for new puppy owners is what we like to call the, the mechanics of training, the training mechanics. So they think, you know, they're going to just ask the puppy to sit and then they'll give them a treat for sitting. And what we try to say is, well, your body posture and your timing and where you place the treat and when you deliver the treat, all these little things play like this big part in, in the training process. And we can actually accidentally teach our puppy the wrong thing by mismarking or mistiming or mis delivering in the wrong place. 
So there's, there's a lot of little things that we want to make sure that our new puppy owners get right, right out of the gate so that they don't accidentally teach the wrong things. It sounds like you're really, you're training the owner more than you're training the puppy. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I always joke that if I put on my website that I'm a human trainer, nobody (laughs) would contact me. But when I put dog trainer, everybody's like, oh, she's all right. She can help me train my dog. So when you're doing most of this, like whether it's the bell training or the impulse training and that kind of stuff, are you using, are you using food, are you using treats to encourage the, the puppies to do things? Yeah, we definitely use uh, food reinforcements. That's obviously most of the time the best option. But we also focus on, you know, petting is a form of a reward. Uh, access to something a puppy wants could also be used as a form of a reward. So, you know, a puppy wants to go say hi to somebody. So teaching them, you know, to have some control so make over their excitement, maybe a sit, will then get them either the person to come over or potentially the puppy to get to go over to that other person and say hi, as long as there's no excessive pulling going on. So, yeah, we, we use a couple different things, but uh, the most common one is definitely food. Um, it's to me, there's there's some different values of food as well. It's kind of like dollar bills. You know, our low-level food is kind of like kibble or something like that, like dry, biscuity type food. Um, maybe that's a dollar, low value, right? It's <laughs> yeah. not really higher, but how you, high in the money. Um, Zooks, training treats, tend to be like a medium value or something with a little bit more moisture content. So maybe that's like $5. And then our food rolls and boiled chicken that those tend to be, you know, the creme de la creme, the high, super, super high value. So maybe those are like hundred dollar bills. And if the task is super duper tough, say like we're working on recall outside high level distractions, we're definitely going to break out with the hundred dollar bill food. And then if it's a easy, simple task we're working on inside with low level distractions, we might go back to working on, on kibble. So it depends, you know, I mean, a good example, uh, we had a student the other day who was working on um, teaching their puppy to come around at their side. We call it getting into go zone. And the way she was doing it, the, the puppy was just jumping and all over, super excited. They couldn't focus. And I asked her what she was using and, and it was a really high value treat. And she was like, I don't, I don't know what to do on my hands. I don't, I'm not sure if I'm doing the right thing. And, and I said, well, first we have to lower the value. Decrease the value of the treat. This is going to like decrease, you know, decrease your puppy's excitement level, keeping your hand a little bit lower and going a little bit slower. And she reported back on Friday, actually, um, that she was so shocked at how fast it, it changed her puppy's behavior, just adjusting things a little bit. And to me, that's that's the, the, the training mechanics we talk about. Like sometimes you just have to dial that in and and figure out what motivates puppy and make sure we're giving it at the right time and make sure we're delivering in the right location. Those kinds of things. They're huge. They play big parts in communicating to your puppy, which, you know, as you know, that it's one of those things that you both a puppy and human speak a different language. So having to get on the same page and both speak some common ground is so important and trying to get it done fast is, you know what I mean? Like teaching something to a puppy sooner rather than later is important. Otherwise, you could go a couple of weeks, a couple of months and miss such an important training opportunity. It sounds like it's a real gradual process that, you know, you've got to be very patient with, but also like what I'm hearing with the currency of the, of the treats and also like focusing on 
you know, the behaviors in a, in a safe environment, like inside or using the crate, those kind of things before you try and do stuff outside. These things are like, it's like a, you know, you're, you're almost slowly progressing them up to a level where you want them to be, right? Yeah, that's, I think that, you know, people want to rush through. They just want to rush through. I want to get my puppy coming when called off leash. That's like the big one, right? <laughs> Everybody wants to get their dog off leash and coming when called in high level distractions. And honestly, there is so much foundation work that needs to be done and the relationship needs to be built. And, you know, it sounds funny when I say you need to build a relationship with your puppy, but it's the truth. Your puppy has to learn to focus more on you than those other distractions. Otherwise, when you start to practice that stuff, you know, we start obviously inside with recall games or come, come command. And then we slowly add distractions in inside before we would ever take it outside. And we typically take it to pavement before we even take it to grass. And so there is this slow progression of working on um, skills and, and commands and things like that. And we definitely don't go from inside straight outside without any foundation skills or without having started to work on that relationship building. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's the same in the United States, but the, the vet recommendations of getting a new puppy in Australia is like, um, I think you get them just prior to their final vaccination and therefore you've got a couple of weeks that they need to stay actually within a refined area and like kind of in the house or something like that before you, they should, they should be kind of going to the park, for example, um, and getting exposed to other dogs. So I, that's, that's a good opportunity to work on a lot of those, those early stage things. I think when they're more kind of restrained to the areas that they're in, but um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Here in the States, uh, we kind of the, the law, we're not supposed to bring puppies home under eight weeks. Yeah, that's, uh, so, yeah, okay, that, that's the same here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so most of the time, the breeder will give the first round of vaccines, and then we're, it's kind of on the new puppy owner to give the second and third round because they, you know, they, they need three. So, yeah, there is this kind of crucial time between like that eight to 12 week mark where, you know, we want to make sure that we are working on these skills and, and socialization. It's a big word in puppy training. And, and most puppy owners think that socialization means that I've got to expose my dog to as many dogs as possible in this short window of time. And I like to think of socialization as more we are exposing our dog to sights, sounds, and smells in a positive way, especially those things that we're going to uh, expose them to later in life, you know, like as an adult dog. So making sure they have some sort of comfort level and a positive association with, with those things when they're younger, obviously is, is better. They're little sponges when they're, when they're that young. So but we have to do things slow. We can't take them on you know, uh, five field trips every day to, to all these different places. Mm -hmm. They're going to be overwhelmed and overstimulated and potentially have a really scary experience so and they're probably going to expect that for the rest of their life as well <laughs> where are we going where are we going <laughs> um so i guess yeah what are the what are some of the big mistakes puppy owners new puppy owners makes it sounds like they're doing things too quickly or maybe trying to jump in and expecting results too too fast yeah that i would say the the most common one is bringing a new puppy home and starting to ask it for commands you know, especially sit down, stay, come, leave it. Leave it is like the big one. And no bite, no bite. They always say no bite. And we, your puppy is, is is brand new, like a baby. You know, the, I think the most frustrating thing is they can visually see their puppy 
running and jumping and playing, but mentally they're a baby. They literally don't know what you, unless you teach them, they don't know what you want them to do. They don't know. It's, I always joke and say, it's like the Charlie Brown teacher on Charlie and then Snoopy, you know, Charlie Brown. (laughs) That's what the, the Charlie Brown teacher does. And that's what your puppy hears until you spend some time and physically teach them what a sit is and what a down is and how to turn your head away from something when somebody says, leave it. Like those things actually have to be taught to our puppy. You know, it's, we, we sometimes, well, not sometimes we hear owners, puppy owners say, um, quiet to a puppy that's barking. Well, if we keep saying quiet at the same time, the puppy is barking, we're going to actually start to teach our puppy. Quiet means keep barking way to go. I love it when you do that because they're not actually understanding that quiet means zip your lips. <laughs> they're not understanding that they need to, to stop the actual activity that they're doing. So there's a, there's an actual, you know, technique that we go through and, and work on to help our puppies understand what these words mean, you know, so that we have to teach, teach the behavior first, reinforce the right behavior. And, and then we call it something. And in there we're adding hand signals in and, and adding different levels of distractions and, and all that fun stuff. <laughs> well, that, again, that's coming back to the human behavior. I mean, it, it's kind of second nature to say quiet or to say sure, sure, whatever you, you're used to saying when something is loud and you want it to be quiet. <laughs> um, yeah. And just because your puppy doesn't understand that, the owner is just reacting to the situation. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is, yeah, that, that would be like the, I think the number one thing, how do we get the dog to stop barking? And I keep mm. saying quiet and it's not working. What do I do? And we're like, oh, well, there's not just one thing. There's a lot of little things, which I think that would probably lead to the next next thing. You know, what what do puppy owners do wrong? That would be expect too much too soon and not realize that training is like fitting puzzle pieces together. And every little thing that you're doing is working to to kind of put together this skill set that your puppy's eventually going to have. And so when they come to us and, the, and they want to know how to fix this one problem that they're having, there's never just one problem. And there's a lot of different things that have to happen to fit together to fix that problem. You know, when we talk about uh, work, let's just take jumping on you know, jumping, for example, you know, we, we probably have to work on sit to start. We have to work on teaching the puppy that when they see somebody, that it becomes an automatic thing to just sit. We have to work on understanding the different levels of excitement that, you know, people and sounds and smells and things that the puppy sees and wants to react to. And like we said before, working on that training dial, there's leash skills, right? So obviously they have to know how to, you know, be well-behaved on the leash. We do a lot of what we call um, pre-training. We call it the dress rehearsal and the show, right? So the dress rehearsal is all the practice that we're going to do ahead of time before we actually get to the show, like the person coming in the door or us getting to go walking down the street when cars are going by. So working on the dress rehearsal, a lot of dress rehearsals have to happen. Otherwise your show's a flop. Like you're not going to be able to get your puppy to perform when, you know, when you need them to. So there's a lot of little things we do to get to that point of the, of the show. Okay. So tell me about the 30 days to puppy for perfection program. Uh, it sounds yeah. like to me, it's the roadmap for a new puppy owner to do all these things we're, we're talking about, set, lay, lay the foundations for the type of dog that they want to have in their life. Is that is that right? 
Will, you just nailed it. Like, it's, it's literally, <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what 30 Days to Puppy Perfection is. Honestly, we we really do start with the the beginner skills or the, the beginner foundation games. Like I said, name game and impulse control games and teaching puppy how to respond nicely on a leash and get into the right position so that when we walk to the door to go outside, they, they know where to go. And then as they progress through the program, the program is kind of, it's, it's the it's literally the blueprint of what you should be doing with your puppy from the minute you bring them home through you know it's it's called 30 days to puppy perfection because it's delivered over the course of a month so each each week you get a new module and in each module are all the lessons that you should be working on but to be honest with you we have students in the program that have been with us over a year because they love to go back and revisit the lessons you know most puppies get to maybe about the 6 month mark and puppy owners kind of start to get a little lax in the training. You know, they see what looks like an adult dog and they've already been working on things before and they kind of settled into a, all right, that's just the way it's going to be. But our puppy has a lot more energy at six months and has uh, still a lot more learning to do. So making sure that you can go back and revisit those lessons is a big part of, uh, is a big part of the training. So the, the program, you know, it, it allow, it's it's a kind of like a lifetime access. You can stay in as long as you want. There's really just, you. the choice you have to make is, do you want to do it yourself? Do you want to just go it alone and do it yourself? Or would you like extra support? And that's where the, like the pro level comes in. So we have a DIY level and a pro level and the pro level gets you access to us, the trainers, when you, when you need help. So. And just for everyone out, it's an online program that yeah. anyone can access from anywhere, right? Yes, absolutely. You can you can access it from your phone, your tablet. You can access it while you're going down the road on vacation somewhere. If if we ever get to that point, where we can travel. <laughs> um, yeah, you can access it anywhere, and it comes with worksheets and charts and checklists. Um, there's probably 50 plus videos in it uh, to in to just really guide you and help you. It's you're going to physically see us working with dogs and teaching them exactly how to start the, the, the command or the skill and then progress them through the course um, while we're working on other distraction levels and outside and, you know, and, and adding, adding all sorts of, of fun to it, things then that they might not have known what to do or how to do it. Okay, so I'm guessing the optimal time to start the program is at the eight weight mark, like we discussed, or is it kind of is it still going to be pretty beneficial, like you mentioned? Even let's let's say I've got a six month old puppy and I, and I and I may have been a bit slack with my training. Is it still going to be helpful to to jump in at that point? I would say yes. A six six week or six month old puppy could still totally do the program. We've had we have a couple dogs that are one and two years old in the program, and they're still doing great. We actually have a lot of students purchase the program before they even get their puppy because there's so much preparation that I that needs to be done before a puppy comes home, whether you're puppy proofing your home or whether you just want to get your mind wrapped around dog training and how to actually teach your puppy the, the minute they come home and what they should be doing or what you, you shouldn't be doing. That's another thing, you know, just knowing what you should not be doing, I think is an important, <laughs> important part of the puzzle. Yeah, I think it's well, we touched on this earlier in in the chat like it'll, it'll avoid that kind of shock factor when you first get your puppy home and you don't know what you're doing, you're scrambling kind of thing. Um if you do some training or get get the information you need before bringing them home, you're going to be much more well prepared and and ready to kind of do all the things you need to do in those first couple of months. Yeah, I I always say be proactive, not reactive. 
So when you're proactive, you're you're planning ahead or you're you're preparing. When a puppy comes home, you're hitting the ground running at that point. You you know, and it, it, I'm making it sound like there's a lot to it because there is. You know that that potty training and crate training and what happens when the puppy's crying and what happens you know if I pet my puppy while they're jumping and what am I reinforcing that I don't want later? Like all these little things play such a big part in it, and we want to make sure our puppy owners around the right track and they're not doing the wrong things or reassurance when they are doing the right things. That's important too. Okay. So where is the best place for people to start if they want to find out more about you? If it was me, I would suggest they check out some of your YouTube videos first because you got some amazing content on YouTube and then probably go to your website and get the puppy starter kit, which is totally free. And it gives a bit of an insight into, you know, your your program of discussed here, the 30 days to puppy perfection. Does that sound like a, a good kind of path for people to take? Absolutely. Yeah. We do have a lot of content on our YouTube channel and the website pretty much from the minute you land on that, you're, you're going to be, you know, go here for this or go there for that. But the first place to really start is that new puppy starter kit. And like you said, it, it's free. It's just a great way for people to get in there and watch some content, watch some videos the potty training lesson is in there. The bell training lesson is in there. Sample puppy schedule, a checklist, a potty chart, uh, supply list, things you might need for new puppy owners. That's all in there as well. And it's all free. So it's a really great place for people to, to, to start on the right path to puppy success. <laughs> Definitely. It's a no brainer, I think, just to get in and, and get this, the puppy starter kit. Because as you said, it's better to be proactive than reactive. Or if you've already got a puppy and you're looking for some great advice, it's also a good place to get going. Yeah, yeah. And I there's some other videos in there too uh, about, you know, like the 10, 10 mistakes to avoid as a new puppy owner. That's helpful. That'll get you, get you pointed in the right direction too. Perfect. Well, I'll share the puppy starter kit in the show notes as well as your website and the YouTube channel and all your social media um, channels as well because you've got Facebook and stuff too. But Michelle, thank you so much for coming on The Dog Show today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. I've learned a huge amount about training puppies and kind of getting prepared for those first few months with a new dog, and I'm sure all the listeners have as well. So thank you for coming on. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed this, and you know, as we said at the beginning, any opportunity that we can talk about dogs just makes <laughs> our day. So <laughs> Absolutely. I appreciate that opportunity. <laughs> Absolutely. So thanks a lot, and have a great day ahead. Thank you. You too.